Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome to the Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're going to have a little bit of fun, a little bit of laughs, a little bit of education as per usual. If, you, um, if you've been around, uh, last week, the last week's episode was all about looking at different things to do with uh, safety, but safety, like safe for sex in a completely different way. And we're sticking with the theme of safety this week the theme of safety, but in a different way, we're going to look at safety with sex toys, mostly because last week, the, uh, the show in the show, I mentioned something as it came a flashing thought through my mind uh, about safety and uh, sex was about the Victorian age vibrators that, you know, were dangerous. And so I thought, oh, let's look at a little history, a little mystery. Let's go back a little bit to look at sex toys, uh, way back as well as moving forward and some of the safety issues that could have been involved and then we'll look at in the next segment we'll be looking a little bit at modern toys and what some issues will be and some predictions i have for future toys and some issues that may be coming through uh, in terms of ai toys that are are on the market they're just not the thing that everybody has so we're going to be looking at safety issues from lots of different angles today. I hope you enjoy it. Safety in terms of physical safety, um, as well as you know the safety of your body, but also the safety of your identity potentially too with some future sex toys. So we'll talk about that more after. If you have never listened to this show, The Pleasure Zone, you're in for a treat. And if you've never listened and at the end of the episode, you think, oh, that was kind of fascinatingly interesting. There are over 300 episodes that you can find on, on literally over 200 platforms, including places like iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Of course, you can find every single one of them on Inspired Choices Network as well. You can get the Inspired Choices Network app and you can download that. You can listen to me while you're going to bed. You can like fantasize about me. You can have your phone there. You can be listening to my voice while I tell you great sexy things on my sexy podcast and you can enjoy that. So I hope you download our app. You can also get us on smart TVs, uh, Audible and Amazon Music as well. Like literally wherever you find your podcast, that's where you're going to find the Pleasure Zone and all of the podcasts from Inspired Choices Network. So super fun. Today we are, of course, talking about safety with sex toys. So taking us back, let's look at some of the sex toys from the 1800s. And one of the things uh, I wanted to make sure that I got the, some of the names correct is I didn't have it memorized. Um, so one of the things that I thought, okay, let's go back to the craziest toy that I remember doing a 
uh, some research on. And one of the things that I researched at one time was the history of vibrators. And we were looking at when did vibrators start? Well, there were certain things needed and required in order for vibrators to work, things that were mechanical and you had to be able to have a mechanical action um, involved, right? So that started with the Victorians. They were so creative. And who were the Victorians? Well, they were like 1830s to 1901 Victoria died and then it was a new age after that. So the Victorians were really a wacky group you know, a wacky timeline of group of people, really, when you think about how many inventors came out of the Victorian era, there were so many inventors for so many things, um, from being able to bring electricity into the homes to getting more things that were steam powered, to even devices that were used in the home for really specific um, uses. The Victorians had a tool for everything. You could have an apple peeler, an apple core. You could have something that was like uh, dedicated to cleaning specific shoes. Like they were so specific and so inventive. I think that had we had the Dragon's Den around back in the day, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank would have been overrun with the creativity of the Victorians. The Victorians also created something that was called the manipulator. Uh, the manipulator was created by Joseph Mortimer Granville and he created what was a steam powered vibrator. And that steam powered vibrator was invented in 1869 um, as well later by, um, recreated by uh, George Taylor. So everybody's got their own, I'm sure there were some also being invented in other places in the world, but we can only go with the ones that had actual patents connected to them. You know, sometimes people created stuff to not send in a patent, so they would not be acknowledged for that. So the, the, the entire thing was, was huge. I've seen pictures of this, um, some of these steam powered vibrators and some of them had uh, engines basically that were the size of your dining room table. And they were powered by two men and, you know, somebody might actually have to be involved to get the manipulator going. But there, there were other ones that were also like a, a sort of a table that you laid on that had device, a device attached to it to have um, the vibrating power, also a steam engine. The power was also an engine that was massive. So those were pretty wild. Then they started to get more creative and... So you can imagine just in that alone, like steam powered anything has an element of danger to it. So safety sex toys, let's go back to that, is just generally, it, it, it has not necessarily had a real historically safe, um, when you look at it, it hasn't been historically safe with things like steam powered uh, engines being used for vibrators. And then also things like using well, the electricity then too, when uh, before we had AC, if you were using devices, well, the AC is, is cool too. I'm not gonna, not gonna get into the AC versus DC discussion on the pleasure zone, but there were, uh, there were definitely some issues with electrical devices that were vibrators. Uh, for one, they really didn't have insulated wires at the time. So, that was an issue. Also part of the issue with old, some of those old toys was how are you gonna clean these electrical devices that are that do have wires that then you go to 
plug it in and they might not be totally dry, right? Uh, what if they're on the ground? Something like there was just so many, so many things that could have electrocuted the woman. Say you are having an orgasm and you've got an electrical device plugged into your body, plugged into the wall, plugged in to you. And let's just say, for example, you squirt and there is a lot of fluid and that goes onto the electrical device. This is kind of like the same idea as, you know, throwing a toaster into your tub. Not a safe idea. So I think it's pretty fun sometimes to just look back, have a little giggle at how funny we are because of the things that we've done just to have more pleasure, we've actually put ourselves in full danger to have more pleasure. And you know what? We haven't changed all that much. Just our stuff looks safer, looks better. And we think, oh, that's got to be good. But we still have things that we're not considering. And we will talk about that in that second segment. But as we look back historically too, some of the fun things to think about too are other sex toys that were not vibrators. So going back really far, one of the oldest uh, dildos found, well, so we have Western history for that. And then there's Eastern history. And a lot of, a lot of the history that we have referenced to for, for um, all things to do with sex toys, a lot of that are all references from archeologists that did archeology span around Europe. So um, I guarantee there are also going to be a lot of sex toys that were found in Asia and uh, a lot of the history that I've looked up over the years has all referenced mostly European countries. So I am just going to go with one of the oldest toys that was ever found was something like 10,000 years old. For sure there were older ones, I believe, and that one was a European one. I'm not going to like specify the country, but feel free to look that up. So some of the older toys were made with things like animal bones that they weren't carved into the shape of phalluses. And the Greeks had some pretty interesting ones several thousand years ago. There were actually dildo makers in Greece back in the day. And you would get a wood shaft, so carved wood, and they would wrap the wood in leather, which made it kind of delightful. However, let's think about a few things. Yes, they probably did have tools to shave down the, the wood so there weren't too many splinters. Wrapping in leather was probably a really smart idea to avoid the splinters. And when we look, look at that though, let's just say you've been, let's just take any regular everyday ordinary item that you might have around your house that might be leather, like a purse or a wallet. And if you are, uh, putting that into your vagina or rubbing your vulva with it and you're getting all kinds of juices on it, you might, you might find after a few uses or a few, it may be problematic for getting those juices, which may hold things like bacteria and fungus in them. That could absolutely be an issue back then. So Toys weren't necessarily the safest, most hygienic things going around, kind of alarming. I know I think of these things when I look at these pictures of older toys, I'm like, but how did they clean it? Like that's a material that's super porous. It would soak up this and that. It would hold blah, blah, blah. And if you polished it, like the polish going in your vagina, that's not a good idea. That changes your pH level. Yeah, this is where my mind goes when I look at history connected to things like sex and sex toys and all the things we've done and not done in terms of hygiene. So 
Yeah, that's looking like way back, right? And we're looking at all of those bone, stone, uh, stone as well, and wood. And most of those toys were created um, simply for, they were actually were pleasure devices. That's what they were meant for. Then we had a time where there was more colonization going on and some issues um, around with different, uh, you know, well, I guess, I'll just say it. I, I was raised Christian, but Christian values kind of started coming in and a lot of that stuff started going out the door. Uh, and, then, and I believe other uh, religious factions would have also had an impact on that because if you look really far back when there was more Volvo worship going on, you see a lot of imagery of different things that were like phallic things like uh, toys and what looks like you know, dildos. So when you look at really super old imagery, you'll find that uh, in, in different texts and contexts that may have been written even um, in different ways or had been drawn uh, in imagery. So these things are, they're around, they've been there historically, and um, we've not always had the most safe um, most safe circumstances with them either. So that's just the safety physically, like things that could have happened that you could have harmed your body or you could have, uh, you know, had increased different diseases due to the things that your toy, that the toys could have been porous and holding on to. But the thing is, things haven't changed all that much. We still have some toy materials that are very porous and can hold on to stuff. And even though back then they probably did have different cleaning uh, tools, for sure they had things like lye and they used urine for a lot of cleaning. So, you know, ammonia, which people still use, but they don't realize that it's like a component of urine. So there are different cleaning things that they probably did use. However, I just don't feel comfortable with the idea of sticking like a, a wood, I don't know, a wood dildo into my vagina with leather wrapped around it. Although the images of it are really quite cool. And what I find most fascinating is that these things have actually been uncovered archeologically, which is like mind boggling that you can find this stuff um, that, that archeologists have been able to locate these things. You know, at different sites, even whether it's like ritual sort of sites or whether it's just your average everyday home, you know, it could have been near Mount Vesuvius and then all of a sudden, or, uh, you know, different places where there's been excavations through time, like Pompeii maybe, and they might've found some stuff there. So I think it's, uh, you know, if you really wanna get into that though, check it out. Cause there's actually a lot of research out there on the archeology, span archeological finds of different sex toys. It's just not, it's not something that you see a lot of. I watch a lot of Time Team and I've never seen them pull out a dildo yet after many, many seasons of watching it. It's no longer being produced, but there you go. So if you'd like to hear about the modern sex toys and their safety, come on over to Inspired Choices Network. Well, I will be show, uh, sharing and showing you some toys and different materials and some of the things that we need to know about and look for in our modern day toys for safety and then we'll be looking at some future possibilities. So come on over. If you've been listening on live on Facebook, come on over to Inspire Choices Network and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? 
Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. So tonight we're talking about the safety and sex toys, and we're having a fun conversation about sex toys from the past. Uh, that was the first segment. I just did a brief on that. Um, there is so much fun and fascinating information on sex toys that are like from a historical perspective. And there are sex toys museums out there. I think there's one in New York. Um, but look them up. There might be some smaller, like one of the main ones is in Europe, but um, for sure, look it up and see if there's anything in your area. I've actually looked for ones that are closer to where I live. I haven't found any yet, but uh, if I ever do, I will be heading over to, to one for sure. So now to look at some of the things that are his, are kind of going on in our timeline. So this is like, if you're listening to it in the future, this is 2022. What are some materials we're using these days for sex toys? Um, some of them are these very interesting jelly-like materials. And I, I won't make this too obvious so that we don't get, um, kick, get this kicked off, but uh, they're sticky, they're gooey, and they actually can degrade when you put them beside toys that are the same material if they're touching. I found that out by accident because I stored them. I had some uh, for examples to show and I stored them together and they touched and they actually melted into each other. And it wasn't because they were exposed to heat. It's the nature of the materials. They just started to degrade and uh, fall apart and melt. So kind of interesting and bizarre, but that is something to be aware of. The thing about these materials too, those sticky um, kind of gooey uh, gel-like materials is that they're highly porous. So just like I was talking about um, 
they're not as porous as leather though, but they're poor, they're more porous than silicon, silicon, silicone. So uh, the anything that's highly porous has a greater chance of holding on to things like bacteria and, and different things like funguses or germs in general, they can soak up. So if you're not using like proper cleaners for your toys, your chances of having issues uh, like repeated infections are pretty high. So one of the one of the things that you would have, you know, you could end up having are say repeated candida infections, repeated UTIs. There are some things that can definitely repeat that you might just not think about. You might just think, why is my UTI never going away? Why is candida never going away? Uh, you know, one of the things I often ask, uh, you know, not often, but sometimes I get hit to ask is a better way to put it. I'll be like, so what do you, do you have sex toys? And if so, what do you clean them with? And a lot of times the answer will be something like, well, hand soap. The thing about soaps are they're made for very specific reasons. So a hand soap and a face soap even have different qualities about them. If you've ever talked to anybody who's ever been in the business of like with beauty products, they'll tell you that there, there are actually different qualities to what you would wash your body with is different than what you might wash just your hands with or just your face with. So same is true for your sex toys. You want to have the right cleaner for your sex toys. You don't want to wash, say, your sex toys with uh, laundry detergent. It's very, it's a very different material that you're cleaning, right? So just keep in mind that skin is a different material than your sex toys and your sex toys are a different material than your laundry and your laundry is a different material than what you're eating off of too. So you wouldn't necessarily, or maybe you would, you use dish soap to wash your clothes. Mostly no, unless you have some product that's like highly natural, uh, just oils or something, you might do that. Um, but a lot of oils will actually degrade these kind of uh, toys. So don't use those. But there are uh, other materials. So there's a lot of other materials. One of the most common materials that people are using for sex toys these days is the silicone, um, which is great uh, because it's a lot softer. It is less porous and it's really easy to clean. It wipes off really well. It dries really well as well. So that's another thing is you want your toys to be able to dry quickly so they're not like sitting around forever, taking forever to dry. Like if you washed leather bound wood, wood bound, no wood bound, leather bound, bound wood toy. And that leather might take a while to dry, right? So that's another factor where old fashioned toys can really be a problem, could be a problem. So sometimes, you know, people try and look for the natural materials. That's great. However, some of those materials are more porous and they can actually hold on to more bacteria. So every once in a while, I also think just it's just like a total side note, but I think about all the used sex toys in the land, in the landfills and like, these are not really materials that we can recycle. Um, you know, I also also wonder, like, when people in the garbage dumps are seeing this stuff, they're like, whoa, that lot came from that area. Ooh, there's a lot of sex toys going on in that area. I don't know. I have interesting thoughts in my head. So other sex toys to consider, because if you are playing, say, in the realm of BDSM and you do have toys that are leather, um, 
and you are doing things like spanking bums or like dragging it on bum holes or dragging uh, leather strapping across any kind of genitals and there might be some lubricant involved like body lube. Again, something you wanna clean and you want to make sure you have the correct cleaning items for those things. Also, any, any toys that are kind of BDSM related too that we'll just say are uh, like handcuffs, for example, and you've seen, well, I'm sure you've seen these out there, fuzzy handcuffs. And you know what goes in my mind when I think of fuzzy handcuffs? What you're going to clean those with. That's, <laughs> that's what, when I see sex toys, that's my first, that is one of my first thoughts is what do you clean that with? And then second, oh, then I could, if I know how I could clean it, then I could think of different things I could play with that with and do with. They're also like, you know, sex swings. So the sex swing that I have is made out of, um, it's like a, uh, it's, it's like this very interesting kind of belt material. It's like the same kind of material that you use for seat belts and it's got different components. And even when I saw that, I was like, hmm, okay. So I wash it like a seat belt, soap and water should be fine. Like you know, some kind of material, soap and water. And, and that's really what it would take, what it takes to do that. But you got to clean them, right? You don't, you don't want to, even if it's your own stuff, you want it to be clean. Because even if you're using that toy every day, you want to get on that toy, say a sex swing, you want it to be clean. You, you don't want to have a mess of, of germs and bacteria, even if they're your own sitting on your toys. So consider cleaning them. It's a really good idea. Then we've got other materials like metals that are used in toys, and those are quite easy to clean. Usually they're made of stainless steel. You can kind of wash them off in a regular way, just in a, some soapy water. Um, like for example, I have nipple clamps that are stainless steel and they don't really, they really don't get dirty. Um, but if I ever wanted to wash them, say, say you've got nipple clamps on and then somebody comes on your boobs and then there's like, you know, come that you've got to wipe off of your nipple clamps or something. So some nipple clamps have little things like feathers falling off of them and they have decorations and whatever. So you want to make sure all that stuff is washable unless you feel like chucking it. Like, but you know, okay, just imagine the visual that, you know, you've got these like really cute nipple clamps on and they've got like some feathers hanging from them. They're fluffy and they're cute and then come shot and then all of a sudden they are just sticky. You can't clean them, you go to wash them. The feathers aren't as fluffy necessarily, but you could kind of wash them. So you wanna be able to at least rejuvenate them or what, you chuck them because if you don't wash it, they're just gonna look like a crusty mess. And maybe you're into crusty messes, I don't know, maybe that turns you on. And that's cool if it turns you on, just consider the health factors. I, I may have gone too far in my thought process there. Maybe. <laughs> Me? Never. Uh, yeah, or always. <laughs> so uh, some other safety tips and tools for sex toys is I highly recommend using things that, well, when it comes to vibrators, using a vibrator that's, that's a made from high quality material. You know, you could go out and get you know, there are some really, really cheap materials out there. And, you know, you could get a vibrator for say like 10 or $15. Um, and the material isn't the hottest, 
or it, you know, it could just break apart in your hands or even the battery is not very great. It's, I think it's something that's worth investing in. So when you get a vibrator, get one that really works for you is really good. Even if you're getting a dildo, like this is actually a really nice material, but you also have to be able to, I just flop that for a second so you can get the feel. Um, but you really want to have all the cleaning materials that are correct for your toys because it's so important for keeping them safe for your body. But there are like actual physical safety issues that can occur if you don't know how to use them. Um, if you are, you know, you could rupture things internally if you're pushing too hard. So if you're like watching this, uh, listening to this show live and you come over to the chat room, you're going to see an amazing picture, which I was literally thinking about because my friend went to, to, I think it's Thailand. I always think it's Thailand anyway, but it, maybe it's not Thailand. Anyways. Um, and went to this cave that is it was uh, phallus worship and there are dildos like everywhere and when she went she sent me this picture i was like that's like my heaven it's incredible it's it's artistic it's spiritual it's like the worship of the phallus and i i was literally thinking about that photo 10 minutes before the show i think that's hilarious and boom there it is so thank you for sharing that so uh, yeah, so I was talking a little bit about um, making sure that you know you're going to invest in some higher quality toys. You want them to be safe. Also, the penetration level. If somebody else is penetrating you, they might not know your level of comfort. So you want to be safe with that. Uh, it's a fertility god worship place. Yes, yeah, the phallus worship is a fertility god. So um, yeah, so you want to be safe with penetration of the toys as well. Uh, in terms of depth and comfort, and you don't want to be uh, pushing things too far, especially with things like anal play, you don't want to push too hard with not enough lube, you can absolutely create rips and tears and issues, you know, cleanliness, lubrication, so key for being safe with using toys so that you're not actually damaging yourself internally and uh, any, any like things like that that could occur. Or, you know, you don't want to lose a toy up inside of you either, which can happen in the anus. I mean, so much to the point where in hospitals, they actually have lists of things that people, that they've found in people's rectums that have just vacuumed right up there. So you want to make sure safety of toys as well is that when you have something that's going to be like a butt plug, you want to make sure that there is an end to it that is large, like about the size of your palm or bigger, uh, so that you don't lose these things. And if they aren't that big, if it's going to have a smaller one that has a, a, something that you can hook your finger into, so that whoever's doing it on you, or if you're doing it to yourself, you can hook your finger in so it won't get sucked in like a vacuum. So being wise and being careful is really important. I think it should be a standard for safety on toys. Honestly, I think there should be a standard safety thing for anything that you're putting in to your rectum should have a plug for it that is at least about the size of your palm. So I hope that's something that you look at when you look at your toys as well, because it's not something that I find people do think about or like, why is, why is there something there? Like, what's that for? It's to stop things from sucking up. <laughs> so just be aware. This is actually why there are 
toys that are specific, like you'll have a clitoral vibrator or you'll have a vaginal vibrator, G-spot vibrator, and there are anal toys. They're specific because they're designed in a way to not harm your body. And they're getting much better at that. And there's more research and there's more people creating these and they're looking at different things around pleasure, but also safety. So um, there are some standards, I believe. I just think that um, there needs, I've seen toys out there. I've seen butt plugs out there that have very small uh, ends to them. And I don't know, in the heat of the moment, your anus could just totally relax, open up and suck stuff in. So probably not your best choice. We are actually going to be heading into our next commercial break. And when we come back, I'm just going to speculate and have some fun on my vision of the future, future sex toys, and some possible potential dangers we might be encountering, things we should be aware of in the next segment. So uh, come on back after the break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenic.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Jelanić. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzajelanić.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So, um, 
we actually had a question in the chat room and I'm not quite totally sure uh, what it means. So I'm just waiting for a response on that. But in the meantime, in the first segment, I looked at historically some toys that may have had issues and why they would have had issues. And mostly it has to do with uh, materials and the mechanics of them as the materials, uh, especially way back in the day, if you were having a wood toy that was not covered in leather, just splinter factor if they weren't uh, send it down well. Although a lot of, uh, in that time, those specific ones that were wood covered in leather were found uh, in Greece and they were made by specialists. They, that was the main thing they did. So they probably would have had some, I would think they would have had some craftsmanship with that and it would have been really well made is my, um, is my guess. And though I wouldn't know for sure, like how, how well they could sand stuff back then. That I don't have any information on in terms of uh, archeologically, have they ever found things like sandpaper that could sandpaper down or did they use different, I don't know what the, the uh, information is on that, but still fun. I like to think about how far we've come or not come. Uh, and when we come, how far have, we come, you know what I'm saying? So with the sex toys that we have now, like now currently, we have so many different materials. Some are more porous than others. Some uh, have the ability to uh, degrade when they're near each other too. So those are some things to consider. Safety with sex toys in general is to keep them in some good packaging so that they don't start to uh, you know, touch each other and melt and rot and <laughs> whatever they do, they just they do some weird things together. So also the safety issues that we talked about around using the correct cleaning products and also using uh, the correct, well, different things uh, in terms of using the correct depth of penetration too for safety. So lots to consider when thinking about safety with sex toys. There's way more to consider when we look at toys beyond uh, your typical vibrator and dildo, when we're looking at things that could be like handcuffs. There's safety issues in those in general in terms of you need to make sure you've got the keys to get the person out. There are safety issues with things as well, like, like that could be physically threatening if, you, if you've got things that are like ropes that could strangulate a person, um, chains, ropes, anything that could be like that. So you wanna make sure that if you're doing that kind of play, you always have safety measures right beside you. So if you're tying somebody with ropes, you wanna make sure you have surgical scissors nearby so that you can cut the ropes free. Um, and you wanna also make sure that the person that you're with is very present neither stoned, neither drugged, neither drunk, so that they can respond to you so that you are um, safe, right? So those are all considered things in, this, uh, in the sex toys arena, whether it's even whips or chains or a lot of other things that you wouldn't even think about as necessarily sex toys, but you could use them for sex. For example, you might like to spank, spank somebody with a spatula well, you'd want to make sure of a few things if you're spanking somebody with a spatula, for example, that you didn't just maybe um, not wash it and there might be something on there. They could be allergic to it or it could, you know, infect them or it could cut them if it was sharp. So 
Again, these are all things that maybe some people like the infections. So as long as it's consented, as long as anything is consensual, that's fine. But if it's not consensual, that ain't fine. So safety as well with sex toys also requires communication to say, oh yeah, that's all I like that. I'll work with that. Even with yourself, have a little conversation with yourself. You don't just like walk in and have to buy a sex toy because you feel obligated. Have a little conversation with your body. What do you like? What would you like? What turns, hmm, how does that thought feel? And just kind of have a little conversation within yourself, with yourself, with your body to see what works for you. So in terms of the future, as we like leap into the future of sex toys, some of the things I think about uh, are that there are a lot of things that are coming out AI, so artificial intelligence. And there are robot sex toys out there that are pretty amazing and right before covid i had a, a friend of mine sent me this amazing report about this place in toronto so i used to live in toronto for most of my life and now i live outside of toronto a few hours outside of toronto and this article was about a a uh, um, a robot sex uh, brothel in toronto and it fell under such an interesting category it wasn't it was a brothel with robots, so it wasn't prostitution because they were robots. And it wasn't, um, there were so many things that the person who opened this could get away with because the bylaws didn't cover that at all. They just, there are no, there was nothing about robots and sex toys. I haven't really read an update about that since, but I'll tell you about my thoughts on what it was at the time. And, and I thought it was brilliant and also some safety issues. Brilliant for so many people for so many reasons. So um, sex robots, brilliant for people who, for example, have attachment issues and they just want to have somebody be their, their F sleeve or you know, somebody that's just gonna like jerk off into. I'm trying to not use the F word as much on here in case we're on channels that don't like that. But some, uh, sometimes, you know, I would rather, instead of being um, just treated like you're just there to be a reservoir for my cum, I'd instead of being that, I would rather have somebody just go and have sex with a robot and then get it out of their system, work that out, and then when they can be present, actually be present. So I think that the sex robots have could really give us some, some potential for healing actually in a weird way, but also they could create some issues in terms of socialization. Like if, if people do have an issue with socializing and they're just using the, the robots as a way to have sex with something, anything, because they can't develop the social skills. And some people truly can maybe never develop social skills. So that's a great outlet. But for people who are just avoiding it and don't wanna put in the effort, I would say, buck up, put in the effort. So some of the issues that I thought of with, with these sex uh, robot dolls would be um, that people could get attached and not really know how to attach to, uh, to people. That's a side note, but on a physical note, if, if the toys actually have response uh, mechanisms, say for example, um, they, I don't know if they can do this, but if their vulvas throb to as a reaction, then, 
or their anuses throb or uh, the muscles contract and um, respond then, or they don't have muscles, but the mechanics that would be the muscles respond, then if something shuts down or off, it could clamp on, it could be dangerous, it could cause some harm. So the other issue would be if they're not getting cleaned properly and regularly, because you know how I, I love to talk about the cleanliness of them. And also, uh, like, think about yeah, and like whose job is it to go in and clean up the sex toys, the sex bots? Then we have a whole other uh, area that's kind of coming in and coming in more it are these toys that are used for like long distance sex as well. They, they kind of have a, a robotic component to them. They're tech related as well. Um, and that's something that there's more and more of them than I think there will be as well. So when you think about those, I think there are many potential dangers involved that are not just possibly mechanical dangerous situations, uh, but I do think there are more uh, dangerous uh, potentials that go on with that. But I'll talk about those when we come back from the commercial break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we are talking about safety with sex toys, uh, all coming down to, uh, you know, what's going on, what is safe, what is not safe. And one of the questions came up about when did it first come around that we required um, or that we started to actually create safe toys and like how did we start creating them? And um, I honestly, I've been looking, trying to look for that information and there isn't like, I haven't found an exact date. So if somebody out there knows the exact date of when this occurred, that would be really cool to find out. But more, more or less, it happened uh, around the 1900s, uh, early 1900s. There started to be some regulations on everything. There was even regulations on food in England. Um, so there were many more regulating bodies, and that would have uh, also had an impact on toys and things. But we probably don't see that coming more and more into effect until, I would think, more along the 
lines of the 1950s and 60s when the Kinsey reports were coming out and the Johnson and John, uh, the Johnson uh, reports. There were a whole bunch of re reports created by people who were sociologists, psychologists. They were studying uh, sexual behavior in humans. And so as we started to get more research on that and more information on that, there were, I'm guessing, this is just speculating, that there were more uh, there, there was also at the time going to be more things implemented for safety with things like sex toys, although there was, there's shame still around sex toys. Uh, there, it's not, I'm still surprised at how many women I know who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, who will blush at the thought of sex toys, who maybe have never owned one, who just don't want to talk about it. So there's still, it's not as popular or as okay as we might think it is just because I talk about these things all the time there's still a lot of stuff around that and a lot of toys too there's uh you know this so the safety issues come into play there but um the safety regulations would have also just probably started to begin around the 1900s when regulations for all kinds of things started to come in so so let's move on from there um, one of the things that I wanted to look at with the future of sex toys was those, like mentioned, robots, but also the AI that's used for those long distance toys. So there are apps you can get on your phone that connect to toys that you can be anywhere in the world. So if you're having a long distance, you know, lovership, you're one, you know, there'll be two two devices, one for each lover or 12, however many lovers you've got, just buy, you get the devices. Then you have your cell phone, you upload your app and you can activate the toy or you can, well, they would turn it on, let you know. And then the, the person that has control over it can do things like speed, do this. And they can do that from like across the country. So doing it across the country makes it uh, pretty fascinating as well that you can have all these experiences. I'm just checking on something here. Um, so yeah, having these sexual experiences across country with phone apps and whatever. So there are several safety issues involved. People can turn your cell phone on uh, without your permission. People can turn your computer on without your permission. I actually know somebody who was watching porn, got on a certain site, um, whatever happened, their phone did a reverse. Uh, they're not their phone, their computer reversed it. So instead of them watching the porn, they thought they were watching the porn. What was happening was they were being filmed the whole time without their consent or permission. And that got uploaded and their reputation got white slammed so that is uh and they live in a community where they grew up knowing everybody so unfortunately that porn got pulled so i can't direct you guys to that and it got pulled before i got to see it so there you go but <laughs> oh well but that's i don't think i you kind of got to laugh or cry but i think that there are safety issues even just with pornography because some sites absolutely uh, will be able to take control over your 
webcam and film you. So be careful with those things, but also on your cell phone, same deal. You could be being filmed. Be aware of that. And if you're okay with that, that's fine. As long as you're consenting, it's when these things are done to me, when these things are done and the person doesn't know about it and there's no consent, I'm not cool with that. That is so freaking like that's uh, it's illegal. So there you go. So when we look even further at the future, what else could we imagine? So there are things also going on uh, that are like virtual reality sex stuff as well. And if you've ever watched anything like, if you've ever watched Big Bang Theory, actually, there was a fine example of a kind of virtual reality experience where the uh, where two of the characters uh, were working on a device to learn how to kiss, or it was a kissing device. And <laughs> it was a, like a, a virtual experience to, to use that. But also the virtual reality itself, like virtual reality goggles, and you can be having sexual experiences with them. I think too, coming like not that far in the future, we'll be looking at things like having sexual experiences that are more holographic. So, you know, you could be walking into a place like a sex den, and here you are, you're entering a room, there could be a holographic, like I really like, I love Star Trek. So holographic suites are such like a delightful thought to me. Um, again, there could be issues with that because you could be being recorded, all of that stuff could be recorded. But the whole idea of like a holographic suite where you could like program it, so you could have your your particular scene setting lover, you could really get specific. Again, the only issue would be you could become attached to something that is holograph and not a person. So, you know, I when I look to the possible futures, I look to things like, like Star Trek because I think they've been super creative and actually been pretty effective in projecting for us what some of the tech could be in the future, just like things like cell phones and laptops and all of that. And, pads ipads they predict that years before ipads were around like 20 years before so i i'm like fascinated by that and so i'd like to think that they're on the mark and somewhere in the future we will have holographic suites because in the meantime we are already creating things that are like very realistic um artificial intelligence robots that you know if you did watch star trek like i love data from the from the um, next generation and some of the other series he shows up in as well. He's a fine example of really amazing tech. So when we look at all of that, where's our future headed? Probably to tech. So let's be safe with that, not get caught, not get your identity stolen, not get yourself recorded and humiliated and put out there in the world. And all that coming from a bone, a stone, and some leather. And look at where we're headed. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.